Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary In Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. Look who's here. It's you. Now it's a party. All right, guys. <laughs> we can start the show. My guest in the ADD interview, you know him from The Unicorn on CBS, the movie's Hot Tub Time Machine, and a little show called Top Gear. It is <laughs> Rob Corddry. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join us. And our superfan shout-out is for... Sophia. Say hi to Sophia, everybody. Hey, Sophia. Sophia. Good to see hey, you. Hey, Sophia. There you go. I want to thank Sophia because she's the one that uh, emailed me. Go, there's a scammer on your Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Sophia. There was some, there was some lady scamming from, uh, I've made so much money with this man. Click this link and invest <laughs> with him. <laughs> I'm making up the accent. Was it, a pic- <laughs> was, it a, was it a gold coin with your face on it, Adam? Yeah, I don't know what it was, but- <laughs> But Sophia is looking at it for us, so that so that that was nice, and uh, and w- congratulations are in order to one Marcus Stern. Mark is Stern was tapped by the United States Tennis Association to do a USTA podcast. Look at you! Whoa. Wow, that's official. Yes, yes, thank you. Nice. Thank you. I'm very excited about it. For those of you, I'm sure you guys know that Mark does the U.S. Open every year, and yes. finally, all his hard Can work I clap is like being this? Re- please. That's a golf clap. <laughs> It's a what's golf a, clap, but we'll take clap? it. Thank you. What? Tennis clap. Does it have to be quiet too? Now, you, a tennis clap is with a racket in one hand and your your other hand smacking the racket. Yeah, so it's ping, 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 ping. That's the tennis clap. Okay, okay. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. We're, Thank ve- you. we're, we're very happy for Mark. So now he's got the Tony Kornheiser podcast. He has uh, this podcast, and mm-hmm. now he has the uh, the tennis podcast. So apparently. We're going to suffer. I can see it right now. <laughs> oh, Adam. It's okay. Mark will Never. remember us. Yeah, I can see it. Listen, Adam, I'd love to do the show Friday. We can. I'm talking to Serena. Okay, listen. You, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's going to oh, happen. Oh, look at great. Mr. Fancy Pants talking to Serena Williams. Look at you. <laughs> Mr. Big Bridge is over there. Look Who are you me. talking to next? Martina yeah. Navratilova? Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. Okay, Mr. Joker. Vic, apparently there's no yeah. time for us. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, by the way, I'm Phil, in case you forgot my... I'm it's uh, Listen, I, I love your work. Not your work specifically, but people in general. I love them, yes. yes. Um, no, I, uh, I, no first of all, you guys are my family. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not just my Somebody, friends. Yeah. Which means he's going to screw us first. <laughs> no, that's why it's so hard to tell you guys. This is my last show. This is just so <laughs> tough to say right now. I didn't want it to come out like this. No, no. <clears throat> I'm very excited. As you guys know, I love tennis. Um, I love wearing my tennis shorts. Mm-hmm. So you guys make fun <laughs> of my little, my, my little shorts. calves again. Yes. <laughs> That's good. It's good for you. Uh, we will certainly let you know when it's going to start. And uh, I'm glad, Mark. I'm really glad you're recognized for all your hard work because I know I know how hard you work during the USO. Because I get a call like this. Listen, can we bank some shows? I can't do everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is a grind. Yeah, yeah. no, it's gonna uh, it's gonna start up this spring, um, and uh, it'll be like every other week. And uh, uh, yeah, I should be. I actually, I very well may get to talk to Serena Williams. Like mm-hmm. uh, USDA apparently is big supporters of this. They're very very excited about it. So um, so yeah, no, it's it's gonna be fun. And I really thank you for for you are considered family here, and that's why we we have to break your balls because that's what family does. That's what family does. <laughs> that's right. Yes, that's what we do. Yes. If your family can't break your balls, what's the point of having family? Yeah, but it, it always <laughs> starts out like breaking balls. Like I, I mentioned this to Cordry in the interview too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it always it always finds out like your, your family breaks your balls when you come back, and then they really don't like the fact that your behavior has changed. So now you're putting stress on the system that we all unconsciously agreed to. Oh, right, right. Yeah, and yeah. It happens in my family all the time. Whenever we go home, especially with food, my mother's a great cook, but I can't eat that stuff anymore. It's just meat, cheese, pasta. I just I can't catches up with you. Oh God, and 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 you guys know Alex, and for those of you in podcast land, my wife is very health conscious. Yeah. Yeah, we eat organic food, which mm-hmm. is expensive, but at least it tastes shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, wow. you, you love the peanut butter, though, the, now these days, right? Friggin' peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, almond butter for 38 bucks a jar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can't have peanut butter anymore. Now it's almond butter, and it's got to be natural almond butter, so there's a friggin' oil slick on top of the thing when you open it. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, well, do- you have to stir it. I said, oh, I, I didn't know that I worked for these people. I have to finish their job. Skippy's ready. It's here whenever I need it. Remember when I said, just turn it upside down. So you turned it upside down. Yeah. And then, you you know, a day later, you went to open it and it went all over you. Yeah, I went to open this thing. So I, I opened it. I, I picked and, th- and there's all kinds of shit in the lid. So I pulled the lid off and, and, and all the oil and stuff flew out all over me. And I, I threw it out. That was it. I threw it across the room. I had no patience. I went to the deli and I got a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> I did. Skippy, Jif, I don't care what it is. Put on a piece of bread and that's all I want. I, I went to Izzy's and I got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Izzy. <laughs> so great. so now you, when Izzy. you go home, do they bust your chops and be like, oh, Mister, we don't have your fancy peanut butter here, Adam. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry about that. But she, she, we go. Like, cause, uh, the, when we go. Well, we get that phone call. Okay, what can you eat now, yeah. Adam? Yeah, we, we get the, <laughs> this uh, is the phone right. call. The resentful from, phone call. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I know you're coming in for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Want to have a nice thing for you. What is it we're eating this week? <laughs> Which you can't kind of blame them because, yeah. you know, we're kind of on and off with different things. Yeah, you know? well, look, my family just tried to compensate me. Now my brother calls me up. Listen, we're going to see you for Christmas. I bought fish. Uh, are you eating potatoes? No, of course you're not. All right. <laughs> of course you're not going to make my life easy. Yeah. But, you know, they, they do. Now they do comp. When I first came home, they were just like, hey, Mr. California boy, how's your kale going? You eating oh, your kale? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get that. Johnny Granola, how you doing? I get the same thing. Eat your kale. How's it going? Going good. Just relentless. And I'm like, yeah. It's funny what you said. Like when you change Mm -hmm. and the people from home haven't. Mm -hmm. And you're coming back as this different force now only reinforces to them the lack of change that they've had. So, yeah, of course, they're going to react with a little bit of you know, passive aggressive hostility. Oh, you. it's not passive. It, it's aggressive aggressive. There's no, <laughs> there's no passive aggressive yeah. in my house. Yeah. <laughs> this, are you kidding? My mother? Are you kidding? We have any avocado oil? The hell is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to tell you why they take. Because especially our mothers, because we're Italian, right? We grew up with sauce and pasta and meatballs. Sure. 
grew up with all that. And now when you go back, they take pride in that. When you refuse an Italian woman's food, that's insulting. Yeah, well, sorry, Ma. I'm, I'm, uh, Ma, I don't mean to insult you. I, it's not that I don't want your stuffed shells. I don't want arterial plaque. So I have to make the, I have to make a choice. Well, I think the main reason is you just kind of want to keep fit for when you're in front of the camera mm-hmm. and, you know. And you don't want to die. There's that, too. <laughs> well, there's that, yeah, too. That's the big thing. See, when I go home, I always get the career questions and I'm forced to answer like questions about how my career is not going. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how's like that it. script going? How, what's happening with your script? Oh, yeah, it's, it's good. You know, people are looking at it. You know, there's a, a guy who had a cousin who used to know someone at Warner Brothers. Yeah, it's all good. You know, and in my head, I'm going, I'm completely full of shit. There's nothing happening. With the script. There's nothing happening with the script. And I always have to ask. Yeah, it's all good. Me and Adam. It's good. There's nothing happening with the script. Give me the pie i don't give a <laughs> shit about this anymore yeah i had a lot of fun talking to uh to, to rob cordry and this is one of the things we spoke about is going back to the old neighborhood he's, he's a really really funny guy i like him a great deal you guys give a listen to this and we will see you on the other side carbohydrates have four calories per gram but fats have nine any kind of fat chicken fat beef fat even olive oil has nine calories in every gram. Do you have any avocado oil? The hell is wrong with you? <laughs> You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 minutes you'll never get back. I am in no mood for this crap. I got some stand updates for you. Tomorrow, March 19th and 20th, I will be at the Grand Comedy Club in Escondido, California. March 25th through the 27th, I'll be at the Tempe Improv in Tempe, Arizona. And May 30th through April 1st, I will be at the Arlington Draft House in Arlington, Virginia. There's a link to tickets right here in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there. And as always, if you can make any of these gigs, please come up after the show and let me thank you for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is an Emmy Award-winning actor and comedian. You know him from The Daily Show, Children's Hospital, Ballers, the movie Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, He is on The Unicorn on CBS and a little show called Top Gear. He's got a 78 280Z. He slapped the rock in the face and lived to tell about it. He's got three tattoos and beer goes right through him. <laughs> Help me welcome Rob Cordry. How are you, my friend? You pretty much covered it all, including the beer goes right through me. Like, poof. <laughs> Doesn't make my tummy feel good. <laughs> I want to say welcome to the family. I hope you're having fun. Thank you. Oh, man. I'm having I'm having a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'd love to pick your brain about it. I'm sure uh, you guys looked like you guys were, you, you were having a good time too. Oh, we had a blast. That's why um, I wanted to ask you, have you guys bonded yet as a unit? Oh my God. It, I mean, it was right away. We, mm-hmm. So Dax and I got along famously right from the start. We were cast. Right. And then we went to like a chemistry read Mm-hmm. you know, looking for the, the third host. And they were all car guys, you know, because right. we were missing that sort of the Rutledge character, you know, sort of the, right. the car expert. And um, 
there was a bunch of guys we got as far as as Jethro mm-hmm. and and both Dex and I were like, oh well, that's that's it, right? I yeah. mean, he's he's funnier than we are. Like, <laughs> it was kind of a bummer, you know. Like Dex and I are constantly like, how dare you? Know your place, sir. <laughs> know your place, sir. <laughs> You're supposed to be a British nerd who knows everything about supercars. No, just shut up and do your job. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about that Koenigsegg. Exactly. But like, yeah, man, I, I, we are, I, I'm, I really, really love those guys. And, and, you know, we, we hung out before even taping the show. Uh, Jethro got a bunch of cars and we went up to the crest. Mm-hmm. Just drove like idiots. Yeah. And then that's when it hit us. I think it all hit us. Like, I remember parking at one point, Dax getting out of his car and he was right next to me and he looks at me and he's just kind of giggling and he goes, what kind of job is this? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah that's what, I tell you, Rob, for us, it was like that. The first the first road trip we took, I jumped the caddy about 40 feet in the air and those guys came <laughs> over on camera and go, listen, I want to make fun of you, but that was great. Are you all right? Yeah. I just started yeah. laughing. So I'm glad you got that experience, that what kind of job is this? Because for for me and for us, the show was, and I remember telling the guys, I said, look, if we can capture the chemistry and the fun and the friendship those guys have, those guys meaning uh, uh, Hammond. uh, The flagship. Yeah, the mothership, all those guys. Then that's the show, you know. Um, That's the whole show. Yeah. It's the whole show. If that doesn't work, it doesn't work. And and it's got to be, of course, different. Like you can't. You can't try and I, I wouldn't even know where to begin trying to like copy that sort of friendship and camaraderie and and just ball busting, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we were lucky, I think, just like you guys were mm-hmm. lucky that you got along. And 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 we sort of found a different thing, I think, like we we and their their writers are and, and producers are starting to slowly take to it that we don't like taking the piss out of each other. We. Mm-hmm. We're we're genuinely friendly, and if and if I like a car that one of them brings to the to the episode, then I'm gonna like that car. Yeah. I'm not gonna bust his balls just because that's what Top Gear is supposed to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's us. We didn't because when they when they approached uh, me for this thing, they had Tanner and Rutt, and mm-hmm. I kept going back, and I just I said. Uh, look, I have no interest in reading for the part of Clarkson. I don't want to imitate. He goes, no, right. we want you guys to be you. So I remember making those guys laugh. And I, I remember our first uh, our first audition, Rob. We're in a church parking lot. This is this is the call I get. We're not at the studio. We're not like we mentioned before we turned the mics on, how we met at an audition. We had a chemistry read, me and you. No, they, this this call I get from my, from my manager. All right, there's a church parking lot. Look for a Mitsubishi Evo and no cops. It was like a ransom drop. No cops. Yeah. Wait, so I'm not supposed to call any cops. What? <laughs> so Tanner starts spinning this Evo around, and we just started laughing, and that was uh, that was the original uh, first the, the first connection we had together. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I would like a couple of cars that though we would just naturally bust each other's balls because we were children. That's pretty much. <laughs> yeah. What we yeah, I mean, no, we, I mean, if if that is the obvious thing to do, we do it. And De- and Jethro is like, like I said before, he's like surgical. Yeah, how he takes us apart. No, oh, that's cool. And um, on the racetrack too. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's uh, but mostly we're just it's like we just really, really like each other, and 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 that is starting to come across in the thing in the in the show. 
That's great. Have you gone on four-wheeling yet? Have you done any of those? Yeah. Okay, so that's where it really clicked mm-hmm. for me. You know, because I – so when I got the call, right, I was like – I knew before they even finished asking me if I wanted to do it, I w- I, it was a yes. Mm-hmm. Because I had been planting in the media for years that I was a car guy. Like, And that was only so that I would get press cars for a weekend yeah, yeah. loan to me, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. And uh and I was like, Oh, I never thought something like this would happen. Yeah, but you guys know what you're getting, right? Like yeah. I I don't I can't go on about a, a locked or unlocked differential. Like I'm I'm an enthusiast. I'm the audience. I'm basically the voice of the the audience. Like mm-hmm. a guy that likes watching this show and and um you know, I know half as much as the other two. And 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 they were like, Yeah, that's that's exactly that's cool. Whatever. We want yeah, I don't know. I don't know the, the compression ratio on a 350 Chevy. I think it's 10 to 1, but don't. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't know all that stuff, you know, but, but, but I do know that Tanner can drive, but he can't read. So I have something that he there doesn't. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I was like, uh, I spent, so, so basically I spent the first half of, of last season of the first season terrified. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just, I was scared. I was like, I felt way out of my depth. Right. I had not had the experience driving that these two did. And boy, man, taking a corner at 80 miles an hour on a track, you like, with the, with the Stig following you in a, in a police car, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. This is like, this is I, the real. I'm sorry, I keep 80 miles an hour, up, but it's only supposed to be taken at 40. See, that's my problem. Yeah, I didn't. My breaking point was off. But, um, you know, it, it was just like uh, I, I was scared. And then it wasn't until and I was ready to quit. Mm-hmm. I was ready to I was like so terrified. I didn't want to let these guys down. But then we were doing an overlanding episode. I won that episode. And I also not only that, but I towed Dax's van mm-hmm. up a hill because he couldn't make it up. And I felt like I felt like a god. <laughs> I was like, oh man. So it was actually four wheeling that, you know, clicked me into the to the whole thing. Yeah. And then we did another one where I was driving like a, a Jeep Mojave versus his razor and it was it was just so cool. Yeah, it's cool when you do that stuff. I'll give you a piece of advice. Have you gone rock crawling yet? Yeah, no. No, okay. When you go rock crawling, get an automatic transition. You don't want to you don't want to be oh, fe- yeah. you don't want to be feathering a clutch for that crap. I, I often don't wanna don't wanna mess with with a manual for mm-hmm. for many reasons. Like you know, and, and you know, we can go on about that, but like yes, rock crawling, I I don't understand why uh why uh everybody says you gotta like I'm I ordered the new Bronco, right? Good man. Um did you get the yeah. store one? What? I got the two door. Oh yeah. Yeah, got the two door wild track. Did you get the option with? Listen, for those of you listening at home, chat amongst yourselves. Did you get? <laughs> did you get the doors with the uh, with the hole in it so you could look down and see where you're rock crawling? Oh, the, the, the doors. The, well, I just can take that. Just take the doors off. Yeah, yeah, you can take them off. And the best part about yeah. those doors, they fit in the back, so you don't have to leave them at the trailhead and hope that only honest I got a people bag. The trail. Yeah, a freaking bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Door, I'm gonna have everybody call me doorbag from now That's on. That's great. I I have not. I've seen one in the wild. I haven't driven it yet, but 
I, I the, the the grill on it looks like, you know, the headlights and the face of the thing. It looks like it's just surprised as we are that it's back. It's so I know. And it's like it, it seems it seems like it's like I can't believe I pulled this off either. <laughs> I mean, this, this is this is stupid. This would this should never work. But we saw one. We were actually doing like a tracking shot with all three cars on this road in Colorado a couple weeks ago. And and Dax was like, hey, Rob, we're following a new Bronco here. And I was like, oh, geez. And uh, then the whole show was done for us for like a half an hour as we just followed this Bronco. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was great. I can't I can't wait to get it. But like, yeah, they were they said, get a manual if you want. If you want to, if you're climbing rocks, and I was like, I don't understand that. But no, rock again, crawling because it's low, it's low. Like I, when I went rock crawling, it was your rut had the manual in a Toyota. I had I had a jacked up Geo Tracker, and you, you, you had a Geo. You had the Mosquito. I had the, had mosquito. the Mosquito. Yeah, and it was that was a great episode. Oh, that was fun. David, actually, our producer, bought the Mosquito, Rhino Linered the inside of it, and used it as a beach wagon for his dog. <laughs> Did you ever? buy any of the cars that yeah you... i bought the piano car i bought a 70 buick electra the the deuce and a quarter oh, i put the piano cool, on man. the roof yeah oh, it was always oh, stone cold pimping rob i buy this thing right and uh i put a piano on the roof um because the radio was broke i didn't see that one. Oh yeah there's a guy playing i'm driving around with a guy playing a piano uh on the That's roof great. so i took the piano off and halfway through it i knew that i was buying this car so wow. I was supposed to drive down the railroad tracks and it was going to rip off. It was going to rip the whole undercarriage if I did it. So and no I said, way. I'm not doing this. And the director's like, well, what are we going to do? I go, we, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm buying this car. <laughs> yeah. Conflict of interest. Yeah. That's it. Now all of a sudden you become that like terrified owner that is yeah. like waiting on the bat, you know, like, huh? Oh, don't. <laughs> Uh, you know yeah. like so sorry they lent out their car to this show they love yeah that's me i come home and the kids are playing football with our fabergé egg you know what no <laughs> yeah i almost bought my first car it was like a a, a um police interceptor oh. you know that i had completely like i had ripped it apart it, it was not street legal mm -hmm. um and it sounded so glorious yeah. Oh, that and, was my uh, job. Me and David, one of the producers that David were going to buy. Uh, I was going to buy a Silby? A 71. Yeah, Silby. Dave Silberman? Yeah, Silby. Yeah, he's on our show. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna, me and Silby were going to get a, get a P71, just raise it up, chop out the dash, put in a couple of iPads, put a push bar on it, and just get in the left lane and watch people get out of our way. Man, Silby screwed me one episode. Uh, I don't know. Has it, I think it's run already. Yeah, he... Um, we were doing a future classics and mm -hmm. this is the one i'm really good at choosing cars right but this one i was just kind of like i don't know what to do i don't i don't i don't know like a future classic i don't think we can afford a real future classic within our budget like the, right. we're talking about like an m2 cs or something like that is a future mm -hmm. classic right but uh so he was like sob sob 900 and it was the worst car I've driven. It's the worst car I've driven on Top Gear. It was terrible. How was the transition? Oh, you blew out first gear in that, didn't you? I blew out first gear. Uh, what else? I wouldn't go over 55 miles an hour anyway. <laughs> the gas fumes almost made me throw up. I was, <laughs> we stopped for lunch and I was, you know, like on the side, like, whew, whew, oh, 
like like dry heaving. Yeah. And you know, I thought I was gonna die. Silby was had to drive it back and he had his head out the window though. <laughs> yeah. I would always do the checklist when I get in the car. I'm like, well, I have some brakes. You know? <laughs> yeah. We always do too, like, oh, these are all gonna break. All yeah. three of these cars are yeah. gonna break. Well, I always, um, I always told Silby, like, uh, for those of you know, the way we do it is you'll get an email about what we're doing and then what cars would you like? And then whoever emails back first, which is always rut, he would get the uh, that we would always fight over. But anytime we did like desert stuff, Rob, we went through Death Valley. I go, make sure that friggin' air conditioner works because you know the downtime, you're sitting man, in the desert. Wasn't ready for that. Yeah. Wasn't ready for that. And, and, and no, I learned my lesson for yeah. sure. I don't care if you're in the in the you know the Rockies in the dead of winter have air conditioning. Yeah, that that one and the uh, the other ones I didn't realize we went to Alaska for the first time. That's when we bonded, Rob. We all went away to Alaska for the first oh, time. Oh wow, yeah. It was six days sleeping in the back of the trucks, and I remember telling the guys we're either going to find the show and bond as a unit, or we're going to kill each other. But we'll oh, get we're going to be done six days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or we're going to quit. That's when I learned the the importance of power steering. I had a 75, well, a Frankenstein 73, 75 Ford uh, uh, pickup with a, with a cage on the back, no power steering. And uh, and we made a lot of left turns. So my my right arm looked like a fiddler crab. Yeah, it's you forget, right? My yeah. I have a 280Z that uh, doesn't. I mean, that's not an easy car to drive. No, but once it's rolling, that's fun. Now, is that oh, a matter? Yeah. No, it's fine. You don't really need power. You only need power steering when you're like going five miles an hour. Yeah, but that's you have. It's a '78, right? Yeah, that's 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 one of my favorite cars. The uh, we had a '73 uh, 240 I had one of those. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. I mean, those. those that, that's, that's the that's the fair the best lady part man. of the show. When we do stuff, I can go back and drive the cars I saw as a kid. We got in a big fight over the Grand National, the Buick Grand National. I wanted okay. an '87 GNX. We couldn't afford. It, we could, of course not. No, I, I, that's my that's my what used to be my dream car until I missed the boat on that one. All right, I've driven it. Wow. Goals. Yeah, 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 that's what I thought. Yeah. That's what Leno said too. Leno was like, eh, it, 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 "It's not a good car." Yeah, it's it's not. <laughs> it's not. But we're, but we're emotionally attached to it because I was yeah. you know, I always considered that car. It was so out of place for the Buick lineup. Yeah. But it was I was I called it Johnny Cash because it was it was the man in black and full of speed. You know, uh, we thought at that point because it had that that six cylinder turbo, but it it tops out at like a buck twenty, buck twenty seven. It's electronic eliminated. We lose fo- we lose like perspective, right, on what cars used to be as compared to right now. You yeah. know, and it's the 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 what like uh, technology have done for cars is mm-hmm. startling, but it happens slowly, and it's something that we. You know, even everyday drivers I'm talking about get used to these kind of things. So then when you when you get put in a, you know, 70s era car, it's a completely different experience. Yeah. And and fun for that reason. But like, you know, it's startling. Yeah. I mean, look, I uh, I like those areas of the car because they're connected to our childhood. But I, I, can, I can do without drum brakes. Yeah. What about a T-Type? Which yeah, is like, I, it's sort of like their sleeper version of the GNX. Yeah. And that's what Dax was like, Get just get one of those, man. Don't get a GNX. 
It does. Even the GNX, the GNX was 87. And, and from what I heard, the, the folklore yeah. is they told the designers, we're killing it. And they said, well, we're going to go out in a blaze of glory. So we're going to put vents on it. We're going to make it bigger. Yeah. We're going to put the uh, um, there's a, a bigger, I think, a sway bar in the back. But it's still, you know, for 87. OK, but yeah. for now, hey. we can get a minivan now that beats that, that can beat a Ferrari 308. So oh, I'm, I'm driving the Toyota Previa. And it's one of those like sleeper old, you know, minivans that mm. there's a stick. It's like got 400 horsepower or something. It's crazy. The Previ, yeah. It, lo it looks like an aspirin. It looks terrible. It's the ugliest car you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> there was on um double uh, uh, Zombieland Double Tap, I think. Was that a Previa? But everybody laughs like, oh, that's a terrible car. Woody Harrelson has to drive that. And I was like, I drive that car. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what's he so? What's the fastest? Well, I don't get the joke. <laughs> what's that? What's the fastest you've gone? Okay, so so this season uh, is supposed to be my 200 mile an hour season, mm -hmm. but nobody's been nobody's been talking a lot about that. I think they're worried about me, okay. uh, which is weird. It's out of character for Top Gear America, yeah. <laughs> but uh, they're not usually worried about it. Mm -hmm. But. Uh, uh, I think I've, I've gone uh, about a, a buck forty. Okay. Um, not 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 as fast as uh, you'd think. Okay. I've never gone two hundred, Rob. Fastest I've ever gone yeah. is one eighty eight in an F twelve Berlinetta. See, that's I, I imagine it's like uh, startling. Well, it depends on what car to. you're in. I mean, I know um, you got to be in the right car. The Bugatti is just like take him away. He bores me. Yeah, you know <laughs> that's that, <laughs> yeah. you know that doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. uh, even the F12 was just like, is this all you got? You know, because we're going yeah. 188, and you're talking to the camera. You're still doing your job, and then, and my right. my ass sensed the speed wobble, and I went, ah, right, that's enough. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. I was going, um, I think I was going about 140 something down this awesome straight, not built for driving fast on though, mm -hmm. in Arizona. And um, I forget what it was in. Uh, anyway, it was, uh, and then all of a sudden I hit a crosswind. Yeah. And I was the same way. I was like, well, that's over. Yeah, you got to lift. Because any movement, yeah. at a, a, around a buck 40 is where, it's, where the car starts getting light. You can feel it coming up. And that's where all the arrow and shit comes in to keep it down. Ooh, man. Downforce. But Terrifying. The car's got to be, especially, and you're going downhill. Forget it. And you don't realize, because I don't know about you, but I wasn't a trained, you know, I'm not a race car driver. I'm a kid that learns no, stuff like rent a car in a mall parking lot. You know? Well, that's exactly. Like, exactly. Like my idea of a donut is not Jethro's idea of a donut. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, donut is what you do to impress high school girls when you're 18. Like, yes. this, not, you're drifting. Yeah. I, that's, that's a different thing. This yeah, is a, a donut a, is, you just turn your steering wheel to the right. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. I, look, I, I, a, a burnout was when you were pissed at your girlfriend. All right. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll leave, I'm leaving yeah. in a huff. I did that once with her in the car, and she was like, this is a really odd way for you to express your anger. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're doing two shows at the same time. You're doing The Unicorn and Top Gear? Yeah. Okay, I yeah. did that, right? So we did 
I went to, uh, I did Nurse Jackie and Top Gear at the same time, right? So I'm leaving one set right. to another, and I go to the prop. I played a cop on the show, and I go to the uh, the prop department because I read in the, the, this next script I was in that my character picks up Edie's character in, in a cop car. So I went, I ah. think my character would have a P-71 interceptor because it, when the uh, relationship goes bad, he could do a burnout and express his anger that way. She said, who are you? And then... <laughs> And then I ended up with a with a with a front wheel drive Chevy. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Be careful. Yeah. Be careful. But I, I assume, like, come on, you got to talk to the right people. You got to talk to Transpo. Yeah, that's what I was talking you know? about. They didn't give a shit. Oh, oh, shoot, man. Transpo, how is your schedule? Like, how is your schedule with the two shows? Is it? Uh... Yeah, it's it's rough. I mean, it's not rough. It's like it's, but it's. But it's, you know, once I was, uh, I had a two week break in between the unicorn and starting Top Gear again. Mm-hmm. And, but then I'll have like the whole summer off. Yeah. But see, I was, you know, I was, we did a lot in LA and a lot on the road in Top Gear. And then Jackie shot in New York. Unicorn shoots in LA, right? Unicorn shoots in LA. Right. right. Are you living in uh, LA or, or New York? I, I'm at my apartment in New York right now when I talk to you, but I, I got a house in LA. So I go back. Well, far forth. out, man. I miss New York. Yeah, if you're a Boston guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eagle Scout, if I if I, my research holds true. No big deal. True, troop 19, baby. <laughs> troop 19. Troop 19 to Weymouth. Oh, you've heard of us, huh? Yes, you have. World famous. Ass kickers. A lot of people think I was from Boston because I was friends with Leary. Um, oh, funny. And we did a lot of stuff together, but. You're right. From, and you've never played a Bostonian. Nope. No. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm actually in a. Um, uh, uh, we did a pilot for an animated show that mm-hmm. you know. So who knows if it's going to get picked up? But it's uh, called Mix Drinks, and it's uh, the, I play Mick, who owns a liquor store in uh, Charleston. There you go. Yeah. There is. Do you have to consciously work on the accent, or are you doing a member of your family? I never had the accent. I have to consciously not be, do the accent. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like it took me, it took me a year of theater school to like my, all my notes were just like, uh, Rob, um, his name is Arnold, Arnold, Arnold. It's not Arnold. It's like Arnold, Arnold, Arnold. I had like, I used to go, um, uh, Arthur Carter sells purple earthworms at the airport. Arthur Carter sells purple earthworms at the airport to like train my mouth. Yeah, yeah. To to get the R's back in there. And that made me losing the accent made me realize that a Boston accent is really just an affectation anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I never had the accent when I was in up until the third grade. And then I was just kind of like I was like shunned into acquiring it. Right. You know, like I went up to to visit my friend. My friend, I was going to see Mark. My friend uh, Mark wanted to play, mm-hmm. and his father went, "Mark, who's Mark? His father." Oh, great! His name's Mark. <laughs> and so then I was like, "Wow!" I was shamed into doing a. And so I basically, I put it on, right. and then it just became the way I spoke. Yeah, yeah. I got it. it there's the sense of, again. It's East Coast. The sense of urgency. You drop the R's. You're, you're, everything's yeah. in the front of your mouth. Your tongue gets big, you know, because you're just. That's so funny. Yeah. 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 You lead with your mouth. Yeah. You lead with your mouth. And there's always tension in your throat because you're like, this fuck is going to disagree with me. I got to be prepared for the next sentence. 
hey, 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 tough guy. Yeah. Hey, tough guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to, so you have to identify, judge and label before they do it to you. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's the emotion. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. You just brought it. But I mean, it's so it was so terrifying. I got the anxiety. I got it when I was a kid, Rob. I remember being in yeah. school going, oh, this is different. And that's my anxiety yeah. kicked in like in the first or second grade. Oh, dude. I mean, I had to. Yeah. I mean, that funny being funny was just like a compl- just a defense because I didn't want to fight. I was too afraid to fight. Yeah. You know, and fighting was just like something people did every day all the time. I mean, I didn't stand a chance. Yeah. Well, yeah, funny was pretty much a defense mechanism, and then it was a way to deal with my anxiety. So if I could make people laugh, um, they would just want me to do that and not get to know me because I really didn't even know myself. So I was like pushing people away. Yeah, that's interesting. I was I was more like uh, for me, it was sensing tension in the room that perhaps wasn't even there. Yeah. And trying to fit, trying to help everybody out. Like looking at body language and interpreting mm-hmm. their their feelings, making it up in my head basically, and and then just trying to like make the whole room happy. Yeah, you know, yeah. at the expense uh, of my own. <laughs> probably. Yeah, you will sacrifice yourself for the group so you have safety in that environment. Sure, but you don't know yeah. you're doing it. You're a kid. You just like I just no. weird. <laughs> and also, fine. It's better than getting punched in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But- but then when we realize we can cash in doing it, I'm like, okay, it's different. <laughs> yeah. We can get money for doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, boy. Yeah, that was a big revelation. Yeah. I never thought people could do it. I was I was nobody nobody that I knew from from Weymouth, like uh, like you don't leave basically you don't even leave Weymouth. Like what's the point of leaving Weymouth? Yeah. You know? You just you you that's what you do. And and Sure, Weymouth is like a big town. You can have a very good life there. But like, I uh, left, you know, and and it was, um, and I couldn't believe, and I was kept getting surprised by show business and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, like that. This is a real thing. Mm-hmm. This is a real thing that people do, and I can do it if I want. Yeah, you know? that was that surprised me, and I when I came yeah. back. It was weird because I didn't think, like you said, you. I needed permission to be able to go and do it. And I just went, you know, my father pushed me to go, you know, because no one, like I said, no one left the neighborhood, same as you. And then when you come back, yeah. they're like, wow, good for you. What's it like? And then the second time you come back and you're different, now they don't want to hear it. Now they're like... <laughs> Yeah, like, ah, here comes Mr. Hollywood. Yeah, oh, California boy eating his kale. Ah. Oh, well, well, I don't know. I would have rolled out the red carpet if I knew you were <laughs> coming. It's the it's the queen of Hollywood over here. Rob's Young back. Hollywood Everyone again. Release the dubs. <laughs> yeah, all you did was oh. come home for Thanksgiving. That's it. <laughs> that was it. That's all I did. I had the balls to go to a bar where my high school friends hang out. Oh, that, yeah. And boy, fucking stupid. You stupid. godless bastard. Oh, well, there you are. Look at you. Oh, yeah. Really made something of yourself, didn't you now? <laughs> huh. Here's where I'm at, man. I'm at the point where I realized I was making people laugh uh, coming from a place of defense because that's what I was used to. And then, yeah. then it was part of my job. So it was a demand 
you know, so there was a scarcity element. So that's just another aspect of fear where the comedy is generated from. But now I'm at the point where I'm having such a good time doing it. It's like I'm rediscovering how to be funny, not coming from a, a place of fear. Well, I, I was told by one of my best friends. I was in a sketch group and a bunch of improv groups with him. Mm -hmm. um, uh, his name's Seth. He he's just a lovely, really funny dude. He's from Northern California, mm -hmm. so we were, you know, polar opposites of the comedy spectrum. Right. And he, I was once just saying something, and and he said to me, "Hey, you know what, man? You can be really mean." Uh, and it just like, I it rocked me. Yeah. And I was like, I can be really mean, and so. I think that was the start of sort of a a transformation for me, like what you're talking about, like comedy. I have that tool now if mm -hmm. I need it. I don't have to use it to survive anymore. Yeah. Um, and then there's the but then there's then there's the discomfort of just really enjoying doing bits mm -hmm. and having fun with your friends and laughing. And always questioning yourself, like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this now? Um, but you know what? The most comfortable thing I found is is being able to sit with funny friends and no one's making a joke. Everybody's people are just talking like yeah. human beings. Yeah. And that's that's when it, you know, you realize like, oh, I've it's no longer, you know, it wasn't a conscious thing with me. It just sort of gradually happened, I think, with. In your 50s, you know, you the one thing you start to attain, I guess, is some kind of wisdom, I guess we'll call it. Right. Let's let's call it wisdom. I like to call and, it. Uh, I just think it's I fucked up long enough. <laughs> Something's <laughs> got to change. Yeah. 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 And it's no it's no longer like I. I I, I almost sometimes feel the opposite of anxiety, like maybe mm -hmm. a, like too, too much on the other side now, you yeah. know, like like uh, uh that's not to say i don't get anxious or or worried or or you know have my my own neuroses of course but like um sometimes i'm i'm like i don't i don't give a shit yeah anymore. i, <laughs> I think give a shit. i think i think when we, i i don't know about you but it sounds like we've reached a point where we were able to hear the message we needed to hear in order to calm down i'll give you an example yeah it's like you know so what if that guy, so what if that person doesn't like you? So what? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what a therapist told me once. And it was one of those like, go to therapy for five years. And then one day the therapist says one thing and everything mm -hmm. clicks and you're done. Yeah. You know, like I, I was just like going through that whole thing. Like, I don't know. I said this thing and and I, I hope I don't know I haven't heard from from him I, I just hope I didn't say the wrong thing I I hope he hey I'm just worried that these people hate me and he goes so what if they do Is the world gonna end yeah like it's almost like he was fed up with me yeah yeah is the world gonna end yeah I was like no no I don't think so no no it's not gonna yeah and I was like oh shit everybody else is in starring in their own movie you know what yeah. i mean everybody else is starring in their own personal movie and no one gives a shit about you only you give a shit about you exactly. you know 
<laughs> it's and it's so freeing. It's so like uh, it's a great thing to realize. It's you know that that no one cares. Yeah, no, no, cool. no one has that. That be a dick. <laughs> no, it's not that nobody. But it's true. No one is just in that moment. You're just you're just the character in the play. You've walked into their movie in that scene. Right. Once you're out of yeah. the scene, they're they're on to the next thing. They're Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, man. They're going on the boat. They're they're taking off. Like they're you know yeah. It's uh it's it is a great uh it's a wonderful like very freeing thing to to understand finally. But let me let me ask you this: Do you feel that you needed to go yes. through those five years of hand wringing in order to hear that? Yeah. Uh, see, that's the whole thing with therapy, right? Like, um, I don't know. I assume, yeah. Maybe I we could have shaved a year off. Okay. <laughs> there might have been a year. This is probably what they do. They have a buffer year mm, where they're yeah. like. Ah, uh, this guy's—he's starting. He—he—he's gonna—he's ready to react to the the bomb I'll drop. So I'll just uh, milk him for a year. Yeah, he's you like, know? all right, look, you know, the beach house is paid off. I really, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't stand this bullshit another day. <laughs> Guy thinks he's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's also the uh, the um, when you are ready to hear it and the patience to have other people come around to something you can see for the benefit of being outside of their emotional circus and people can see mm -hmm. being outside of your emotional circus. And yeah. I got to work on my patience, Rob. I got no, I have no patience. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, you, you mean in terms of like uh, rage or like anger? Yeah, it gets, it's like I get, I get frustrated and angry and then like I'll eat that for a beat and I'll try and be, and I think that that's patience, but it's not, it's just building up to, rage you know yelling and i don't want to yell anymore plus the, the east coast growing up that way it's all yelling yeah i'm not good with anger no i'm not good with anger and yeah it's not a very comfortable emotion for me when i feel it i don't like expressing it mm -hmm. and sometimes of course it'll just then what what happens if you if you bottle it up you know you're it's going to express itself in a stupid rage where you you know mm -hmm. do something to your knuckles or like you break something and you're like, well, that was dumb. I got, um, I'm not good with, I'm not, I feel terrible when I see the effect of what my anger uh, has done and is reflected back to me. Uh, and I see the effects it's had. The The effect of anger is far more destructive than the incident that inspired it in you. And that's what I got to keep. Ooh, wow. Now that, that, that's, uh, that's very smart. Yeah. That's Marcus Aurelius. That's not me. I don't want to take credit. For him. <laughs> oh, look at this. Running around with emperors. Decided to come out. Well, well, well. <laughs> I'm sorry, Your Majesty. Did I not call you emperor? Welcome um, back, Mr. Philosopher King. I think I'm, ev I'm even worse in that I save it for when I'm alone. You oh, know? yeah. Like, I don't even like to do it in the front of other people or, mm -hmm. you know, I can remember one time I, I kind of exploded, uh, uh, on a friend and, and, you know, cause he was just, we were, we had a fight mm -hmm. and it was in front of a lot of people, you know, and this was shooting children's hospital and, and he's a dear friend of mine. And after I just, and, and, and afterwards I, I walked, I just walked away. I, I couldn't handle it. And he came up to my office and we were both in tears mm. within 30 seconds. Like, you know, 
it was not neither of us comfortable with with how we had handled the situation yeah and surprised you're I'm, I'm almost surprised by it like oh shit i'm found myself in this position right now mm-hmm. like you know i it doesn't happen often and when it does it's uh i'm like oh shit here i am yeah and 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 yeah. seeing other people fight and me wanting to, hey, oh we're in iceland tanner and rut get into a fight in iceland they're outside screaming at each other i'm like can't you and i gotta go outside to be the peacemaker and i'm like can't you do this in a warmer climate yeah right we're outside in Iceland. Okay. You know, I'm so jealous, by the way. I'm so jealous. You know, we we were two and a half episodes in mm-hmm. and COVID hit. Oh fuck. And so then when we we had all this great stuff planned, and then when we had when we came back, we were the first show back mm-hmm. in June, I believe, to start shooting again, because it's such a small crew, you know? And and then now, from the, that point of the season on, it's just all brown backgrounds. It's all it's all like Palmdale and Lancaster, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. It, we got this next season. We gotta get out of here, yeah. you know. Those yeah. are the fun trips for me. When we were camping in the off road stuff, I love that stuff. I like when we were on. Me too. Journeys were very fun for me. I really enjoyed them. Yeah. Uh, so far, same with me. And I, I I can't wait to do that stuff. And like for real, really like. Do the, the the camping like boy Alaska would be great you know, and that Rubicon Trail um, episode was fantastic. That was just uh, what a great idea. Yeah, what a great idea that was. You know, that was like classic Top Gear. I think we had a lot of fun on that one, Rob. Yeah, had you guys played... ever heard from the um, from the you know UK guys? Uh, the original three, yeah. Yeah, I had Hammond. Um, Hammond did my podcast. Uh, we did a press event with them. Uh, Jeremy sent us a nice uh, uh, email when we first uh, got on the gig. I'm supposed to have May on the show. I'm, I'm trading emails with him. Uh, oh wow! But yeah, it's a happy, a happy house, and it's a, it's a, a great family to yeah. be a part of. And I'm so, I'm so grateful you get to enjoy this, my friend. I really, it was time of my life, and I hope you have the same thing. And thank you for carrying the flag the way you do. Thank you so much, and 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 it's 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 a been a big experience. It's it's so far, it's a, it's a huge experience uh, for me emotionally, like just life trajectory wise. Yeah. It's I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm doing it. It's yeah. it's great. Enjoy the shit out of it, pal. Best to you and the family. Thanks, man. Thank you. The ADD interview was brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. CruiseIntoWellness.com for all your CBD needs. Now, let's say you left home to chase your dreams. You worked hard, you sacrificed, and you couldn't wait to get back and see your friends again. It's the queen of Hollywood over here. Maybe that's not the greeting you were expecting and it caused you a little anxiety. Why don't you do what I do? Take one of the gummies they have at cruiseintowellness.com. They also have edibles, tinctures, pain creams, bath products, pet products, and you get 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. 20% off anything they have at cruiseintowellness.com. Go! Feel better. This is Rob Corddry, and that was 30 minutes I will never get back, unless I do someday. <laughs> He's a really good guy. Yeah. Oh, I re- yeah. I really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah. And you see what I meant when he went home? Oh, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, Hollywood. How you yeah. doing? Oh, Mr. Star, come up here. Yeah. By the way. <laughs>
You probably did that for me just to get him to do the Boston accent, didn't you? I certainly did. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Well, I oh, think- my God. Look who came back to freaking <laughs> Weymouth. Robbie Cordry. Oh, everyone, clear out his seat. Get him a Sam Adams right now. <laughs> yeah, and I do think that it's an East-West Coast thing, too. Like, oh, you look at you on the West Coast coming back to, you know, the the East Coast. It doesn't matter where you go. Oh, look at wherever you go is bad. (laughs) It doesn't matter as long as it's not here. The fact that you left is the problem. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm But But in Boston particularly, it's like, oh, you're too good for snow and shoveling now, aren't you? Yeah. (laughs) Go out there with your palm trees and your 75 degrees every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought it was cool. I got the sense that you were, I mean, you were really, you were welcoming him, the Top Gear family, which I thought was really cool. Mm. But I, I had a question for you. Yes. How does it make you feel to, you're welcoming to the family, but you're not an active member uh, of the show anymore, even though you're obviously, you know, always be in a Hall of Fame with it, but not being an active member, does that make you feel a little weird about it or, or what? I hate the bold fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I want, I want, I want Tanner. I want Rut, and I want to go back to work. The hell with him. <laughs> no, it was. You know what it was. I wanted him, and maybe it's just me projecting. I wanted him to enjoy it as much as we did, because you know, looking back on it now, and again, I don't think you do this when you're in it because you just want to do a good job, and there's a lot of things to be anxious about, mm-hmm. and so you're not fully immersed in it. But going through with those guys, looking back, I was time of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It was just just the, the the friendship that we formed on that show under those conditions and to be able to do all that stuff. And I went 188 miles an hour in a car that cost more than the house I grew up in. He, <laughs> yeah. I jumped the Cadillac about 40 feet in the air. I got to I got to go to Iceland and drive up a volcano. I mean, the st- demolition derbies. I mean, all the stuff I got to do. I got the to Autobahn. I, yeah, I got to go back. I got to go back to my childhood and pick out the cars I always wanted to drive. Yeah. I had to fight those two for the Grand National. I'd do it again, too. <laughs> <laughs> How about when you drew, like, a diagram, and you're like, okay, this is what I want, this car. Crane coming out of it and all that. And you're like, I'm going to hand it in tomorrow to production. I'm yeah. like, okay. <laughs> that, was the, that was the Armageddon car. We all, we, we all had to design a car for the end of the world, right? So my job was weaponry. So I wanted a giant. I wanted a giant crossbow on the on on the uh, on the roof. We only had. There's no way we're gonna be able to pull an arrow back and have to go chase the friggin' arrow. So <laughs> I ended up. So in the production meeting, I ended up with a catapult. So I got a catapult, and for ammunition, we had melons and canned soup, and that's what I would shoot at the enemy. Goodness, wow. and no one told you no. <laughs> what? No one told you no. They they said no to the crossbow. I said, all right, here's my compromise. <laughs> Isn't that the life lesson? Ask for the crossbow up front so you can settle for the melon in the Start high so you could settle on on, on a catapult. It was funny because I remember once I was playing, I think it was the Rescue Me Comedy Tour because I was doing that at the very beginning of Top Gear. So I'm at this this beautiful hotel, the Peninsula Hotel in Chicago, Mm -hmm. and we had to come up with, uh, oh, I had to come up with a, uh, me and Rutt were doing an episode where we put... uh, paintball guns on uh, on cars and mm-hmm. we played uh, Tank Battle, the Atari Tank oh, Battle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to draw something up. So I drew up an El Camino on a piece of paper in my hotel room and I came down and this fancy thing and I said, I have to fax this. And I had to give them this thing and they had to fax it into uh, the Top Gear production office. <laughs> and and he's looking at me, I go, no, no, I'm, I'm not a terrorist. This isn't a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Keep an eye on room 203. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you have a lot of good times. 
Yeah, I was. I really wanted to impress upon him to enjoy the hell out of it because, you know, now that it's gone, I was like, oh, I wish I could go back and do that again. You know, if I could oh, do yeah. that again. And if I could go back and do something again, I would go, I would go back to the lemons race and I wouldn't hit that turn so hard because I spun out and we lost the <laughs> shit. I'm still, I'm still kicking myself over that. Well, okay. I'm still kicking myself over that. <laughs> And he's doing the same thing that I had to do on the show. Yeah. Doing two shows at the same time. Yeah, that was hard for you, Adam. Oh, yeah. I was... Were you doing three shows at one time? No, that's me. I'm doing three shows. That's Mr. Fancy Pants. Oh, look at you! <laughs> look at you! Triple P stands for three podcasts, I yes. guess. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Anything happening with your script? <laughs> the travel is what beat you up. I mm -hmm. remember we did an episode. Uh, I was on the top of a, a top of a mountain. I drove a Cadillac Escalade up a ski slope. Uh, and we were daylight dependent because our last shot was always at sunset, right? So I'm at sunset. They they put me in a helicopter. They helicoptered me to LAX. I got out of LAX. I took the red eye to New York. <laughs> they picked me up at JFK. They took me to Queens. The nurse Jackie said I took a shower in my dressing room. 7.30 in the morning, me and Edie are shooting a scene in the kitchen. I, I only slept on the plane with my face down on the table like this. That's a big <laughs> shot. They gave you a helicopter? Yeah. Did, did you like play that up and be like, look, if you don't get me to the airport in 15 minutes, the whole planet's going to blow up. No. I'm the most important person here. No, not even close. I went like this. Oh, I hate these things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, we had one at the episode Coast to Coast. We started in New York. We drove to California. And the opening shots, the three of us in a helicopter. So we had to keep coming around for the camera. So... We're in New York Harbor just coming around in a helicopter. And I remember getting on the radio going, you're running out of Adam. If you don't, <laughs> you better get this shot or you're going to get puke on the camera. <laughs> that's oh, funny. That's great. Yeah. That, I, I, the only helicopter I did, they dropped us off in Death Valley and they, they put us in a helicopter and we came in really low and you could see the shadow of the helicopter. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, that was really cool. And then when it mm -hmm. landed, all the dust came out. Then the helicopter dropped the three of us off and took off and there's nothing. It's just the three of us <laughs> looking around. <laughs> And I'm waiting to hear someone go, cut. <laughs> no cut. No Nothing. Cut. <laughs> Tanner's got a radio and we he just hear, keep walking, lads. <laughs> that was Rupert, our director. Keep walking. Oh. I'm like, you don't have the freaking, can't you do this shit in post? What are we doing? Hey, it's called the C green screen, guys. Come on. CGI this shit. <laughs> we spent all the money on the freaking helicopter, didn't we? We don't have a dime for lunch, do we? <laughs> You're like, oh, man, we really have to do this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I really want him to enjoy that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was. Uh, mm -hmm. But he was receptive to that. He was mm -hmm. he sounded so excited to be a part of that and excited for, you know, when when they're able to start production, you know, outside of pandemic restrictions, mm -hmm. like all the traveling. You know how fired up he is. It's just it's awesome. It really yeah. is. Yeah. I, and I he, I think he really does appreciate the, the job he has. Yeah, honey. I just hope that the three um, of them have the chemistry that you guys have because you guys have it. I mean, when you come over, when they come over here, mm -hmm. it just they walk right when they walk in the door. It's like this. I don't even know how to explain it. You guys are all talking and you're in your own world. And it's not that you glow, but it's really fun to be a part of that oh. camaraderie. Yeah, it's it's something special, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see those two idiots next week. So. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. 
And I like when you said you knew when you had something, when you guys were going through a little stressful situation mm. and then you're like, okay, this could work. Remember yeah, that was in we, Alaska, we, were, right? we were in Alaska yeah. and Tanner, Tanner was, uh, first of all, he wasn't feeling well and his daughter got bit by a dog mm-hmm. and, uh, and you could just, we, we just closed ranks. It was instinctual. Mm-hmm. That, that's when we bonded as a unit. Now we're like, all right, now we just got to get the thing picked up. That's out of our control. <laughs> but one of the things that I loved about the show and when people come up to me now and said, that was so much fun because mm-hmm. we were having fun. Yeah. You know? and, and the great thing about the show is if we didn't have a way out of a scene, we just hit each other in the balls. <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> yeah. Like brothers. Yeah. How do we end this? Pink. Ah! There you go. <laughs> Cut. Boys will be boys. <laughs> Yeah, and it's one of the shows that I can watch over and over again, and I still get something. Mm-hmm. So, Adam, were you a little jealous when he the cop car? Hell yes. <laughs> I thought, when I heard that, I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> yes, a P seventy one Crown Vic. Yeah, a police interceptor car. I, I, that's the car we ended up using at the Lemons race. I because I every time I get a chance to pick one of those, I can because they're like indestructible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really wanted to get one. Mm-hmm. I ended up buying a Buick, mm-hmm. uh, and I was going to get another. Here's the thing: I don't have the room. This is this is when you know that that you're hooked when you see go. All right, where can I put it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, where am I going to put this friggin' thing? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He's got the new Bronco. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I I really want to test drive. I haven't driven one of those yet. I want to drive one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the four wheeling stuff was really my favorite stuff. Was uh was I think was the camping and the four wheeling stuff. That stuff was a lot of. I hope they do the Rubicon Trail. We really I really enjoyed that one too. Hmm. Bringing back it's like a little, like a little kid talking about all this stuff. Like a little, yeah. kid, you get so excited. I love the uh, when you were talking to him about Nurse Jackie, and you were like, you know, this is the car that I want. I think this is the car my character would yeah. peel out in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> You're just a little kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the, the 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 transportation department just went no. <laughs> but you got a Chevy. Guys, I got a front wheel drive Chevy. <laughs> You're an actor. Act like you like it. <laughs> Adam, didn't you do a burnout in a movie and you really pissed off the director? Oh yeah. Not just the director, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I was that was in the the I did a movie with um Ralph Macchio. My character had a pickup truck and we had it we had to take off, right? Mm-hmm. So Ralph is in the car with me and I asked the director, I said, "Do you want you want Sound and Fury?" And he went yeah, okay. So I took the traction control off. I lit the tires up. I slid the corner uh-huh. and I came out of it and nothing was locked up because it was an independent movie. I was just supposed to drive away in a hurry. Uh-huh. So I <laughs> slid the corner, cut the smoke coming back. He goes, what the hell was that? What are you doing? I said, <laughs> I said, I asked you if you wanted sound and fury. I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> now he does. Now he does. <laughs> you know, and I found him. He's a very thoughtful dude too. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like he's he's done a lot of work on himself through therapy. He's got the, he's got a good perspective on things, and I I really I, I really enjoy talking to him on on that level. You know, as far as because I've done a lot of work on myself. I know you can't tell. What are you laughing at? I don't know what to do with that, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I can't win. <laughs> Sorry, do more just work. That slip by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like when I mentioned something when he goes, you know, my therapist said that and I was ready to hear it. Yeah, I, I love that because I know that's happened to me. You know, you could go on and go on and be stuck. And then all of a sudden you hear something from it could be anyone. Mm-hmm. But if you hear it at the right time and a big light bulb goes off or whatever it is and you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Finally get it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it reminds me of uh, a time I was talking to Jimmy Connors and Boris Becker, and they really <laughs> gave me some insight into oh a problem. Was having a the light bulb went off. So, Mark, that would be the moment you were ready to hear something. I hope you're ready to hear this. You're a pain in the ass already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Going to have to give him a bigger hat. Oh, God. <laughs> He's going to come in with his little tennis shirt now. <laughs> now, 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 now we're gonna we're gonna we'll go on Zoom to do the podcast. He's gonna be in one of those Serena Williams body suits. I, oh, I yeah. only have a half oh, yeah. hour for this episode. <laughs> I have to go to France. We're on clay. <laughs> I have to do my podcast uh-huh. on clay. <laughs> I had That's the aha great. moment. I was uh, before I met you. It was the aha moment. I was I was going to therapy. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I was in couples therapy mm-hmm. and uh, and I leaned over. I go, look, this is just man, woman stuff. Right. There's no real big thing here. He goes, I don't know. I go, what do you mean? You don't know. Because I've been married for 20 years and we don't fight. I said, you're married 20 years. He goes, yes. I said, to a woman. <laughs> he said, yeah. I go, and you don't fight. Yeah. OK. We left. I never went back. I realized this guy's full of shit and this is where I don't belong in his relationship. And that's it. <laughs> Aha. <laughs> <laughs> Round peg, square hole. <laughs> How much did it cost you? Shit loads of money. God. <laughs> I want to thank Rob Cordry for being uh, my guest. Welcome to the Top Gear family, my friend. I hope you have as much fun as we did. Uh, you can also see Rob on CBS's The Unicorn. And honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrar at Gmail. If you could tell somebody you love about the show, that would help us a great deal. And as always, if you could leave us a review, that helps with... Mr. Algorithm. And remember, life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. Pot is ended. Go in peace. When you refuse an Italian woman's food, that's insulting. You plant-based son of a bitch.